Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Hello and welcome to Ask Margaret from What Fresh Hell, laughing in the face of motherhood, answering your parenting dilemmas one question at a time. Today's parenting dilemma, friends, comes from myself. I've also seen it talked a lot about on the Facebook page, and I thought it was a good time to address it. And the topic is summer boredom. I think that there were a lot of lessons to take away from the pandemic on the topic of children and boredom. And so I wanted to talk about it a little bit. I know a lot of people are getting their kids kind of back in camp and busy, but we have a kind of a funny summer in terms of some weeks camp, some weeks not, sometimes where the kids have to kind of figure it out for themselves. And my kids are 9, 11, and 12. This is a lot harder. If you guys have two-year-olds at home, you're probably chasing them around a lot. I'm sorry to let you know that's the truth. But if you have kids, I would say five and up, here are some suggestions. My number one suggestion is, of course, always the whiteboard. So that rather than being the cruise director with the whistle around your neck where you're the person being like, next up, it's crafts, then water table. And then the kids kind of resent you and they think you're annoying and it's a lot of work on your behalf. I try to do blocks during the day where the whiteboard kind of tells them what's next. And then I can actually, at my kid's age, get a little bit of work done and be like, I think according to the whiteboard, it's outdoor playtime. And listen, if you want to spend your outdoor playtime sitting on a log and staring angrily at the woods, that is your choice. And I respect it. You don't have to have fun. We sometimes call our walks in the woods forced marches of fun, and we sometimes call our outdoor time forced frolicking. But you don't have to have fun. You just have to be outside. And that's the only rule. Because what I find, and I do have three, and they will play together, almost always the angry log sitter will eventually get involved in the game of tag that the other two have invented. Listen, it's not a wonderland. They're not out there having a great time and hugging and learning and showing each other things, but they are out of my hair. Reading time, quiet reading time. Again, is it really my business if you're reading? No, but you must be quiet and you must have a book in front of your nose. Again, even the kid who really doesn't want to read. And here's another rule here, friends. Anything you read is fine with me. So I don't care if it's Captain Poopy Pants from Planet Toilet monster. I don't care if it's a comic book. I don't care. I have a kid who really likes to look through his old yearbooks. That's fine. It's quiet reading time because once you establish quiet reading time as a pattern, 
it's not really about like what you can read and how fancy you are in your reading. It's about understanding that there are times of the day where we sit quietly and read. Then we always try to have one book that one of the parents is reading right now. My husband is reading series of unfortunate events, half an hour of family reading time. I feel like this may sound tweet tweet and annoying. We forget it like three nights a week, but we do try to have a half an hour where one of us reads to all three of the kids. That takes care of, I don't know, like two and a half hours a day. I like to have some time on there that's Kids Choice, because the great thing about Kids Choice is when you say to them Kids Choice, Kids Choice is not allowed to be screens. Kids Choice, suddenly they're like, let's do this. Like the idea that they're in charge makes them excited. And Kids Choice can be on there four times a day. You know, it's not really your job to cruise direct, but I do think putting structure around the day helps. Also, then we structure our screen time hour in the morning, hour after lunch, hour before bed. That's our screen time structure. It is three hours of screens a day, which some people might be like, that's bonkers, way too much. Listen, that's what we're doing. It works for us right now. And I don't want to have fights all day about when we're doing screens. That's when we're doing them. And there are times where they don't use the whole hour. There are times where they go a little bit over. I'm not here to sweat three hours of screens during the summer for my family. That's what we're choosing. And then one other thing, that we're doing is that we're doing some bucket listing. So making lists of like, what do you want to do today? Today's your day and kids can pick it. And so, and I've been really pleasantly surprised that my kids have picked one of my kids picked crazy day, which involved having dinner for breakfast, dessert for lunch, breakfast for dinner, and then lunch for dessert. <laughs> so we had lasagna and garlic bread for breakfast, which, wow, was kind of a little hard for me to face. I don't do well in the mornings anyway. That was, a, that was rough. We had ice cream from the ice cream store for lunch. And then we had pancakes and sausage and eggs and bacon for dinner. And then for dessert, we had pizza rolls. We did eat some vegetables too. But that was his idea for a day. And it, it, it's funny, like that carries a lot of the day. Just And then he had to do a lot of the cooking of the food and... So I think what I'm trying to say about summer structure is that my suggestion would be loose structures. Keep your kids as involved in the planning as possible and then let a third party like the whiteboard take away a lot of the decision making so that you're saying like, oh, look, it looks like it's time for reading right now. And then a couple of fun activities that maybe the kids pick, maybe it's berry picking, maybe it's a trip to the zoo, whatever it is, so that you have a lot of days where you get to say, where you have a lot of days where you get to say like, hey, today's kind of a kid's choice, figure it out, get to play at home. And then next Thursday, we get to go to the zoo. So there's exciting stuff planned. And there are days that are not so exciting. And I feel like that's a pretty good life lesson for kids because that's kind of what life is like. There are days that are exciting and there are days where you're just kind of figuring it out and getting through them and doing your checklist. And your kids will fight and your kids will complain and your kids will say they're bored. But I think in leaning in a little bit to like letting kids take a little bit of the lead and then providing some structure for them can help. And like, you're bored. What sounds more fun than what we're doing right now? Okay, we can fit that on the whiteboard and giving them some agency and taking the leap that, as we always say, there is something on the other side of boredom that like the kids staring on the log will eventually start to play the game. The kid who refuses to go to the town pool because it's lame will get there and see other kids jumping in and start jumping in. And so I know for myself, I needed this advice and I constantly try to think of and lean into this advice. 
that letting kids be bored and letting kids find their own day is a gift that you are giving them and yourselves. And that most people's summers have a lot of plans and a lot of busyness. And so I'm trying to comfort myself. And I offer you the comfort of like, we've done a lot to plan for the summer. There's going to be some board time and it's okay. We'll structure it just enough to get them out of our hair, but we'll let them find some time to be bored and work through that this summer. So I'm trying to work on it myself. If you guys have any great suggestions, come to the thread on this episode on our Facebook page. Let me know how it's going with your house. I hope that helps. If you have questions for myself or Amy, please send them to questions at whatfreshhellpodcast.com or come onto our Facebook group and ask them there and we might answer your question on an upcoming episode. Thanks for listening. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact invented. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talk to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.